Philadelphia. Are you ready? No, he said, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. Your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And returning to the show this week is another guest, Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. Thank you for joining us for a two-time, two-time, two-time guest. <laughs> Repeat offender, as they say. <laughs> so to our last our last conversation with you, we kind of just shot the shit about local stuff and everything that was kind of going on with the rep. And we kind of got a lot of road stories. But since then, we're still in pandemic wrestling. So, but not to undersell it or oversell it, you still had a lot going on. You were still creating a buzz in the in the wrestling scene. You uh, appeared for ROH and you started doing more ROH shows and you were in the Pure Tournament. But you were also involved in another tournament style, which was also the Masked Wrestler that streamed on IWTV that we no one knew that you were a part of until the very end, which was the cool part of, about that show is that it took like kind of a corny concept of the mass singer and how much I hated that and turned it into something so much cooler. And actually like, I look forward to seeing it. It left mystery. There was mystery behind it every yes. week. And yeah. that's something that me and Larry were talking about earlier about how there's no like cliffhangers. There's no like mystery in wrestling. And that kind of like gave you a taste of that. Like what you used to have as like a kid, like when you're seeing like, and they would just end the show and you'd have to guess what was going to happen next week. And the mass wrestler kind of did that. So that's where I kind of wanted to start, like, your experience with that. Yeah, that was uh, that was super fun. It was it was really cool. So I don't know if, like, I don't really watch the mass Singer, but there's people that I know that have, who have done the uh, – there's people that I know who have, like, uh, like celebrities that I like that have been on it. Um, but apparently they, like, hide everyone kind of. Like, like, the judges mm-hmm. don't know who anyone is. Like, that's, like, that's all real. So, like um, – we tried, it wasn't quite as strict, but we were trying to do as much of like hiding it from like the three panelists that they had and like trying to hide it from some of the other people. So it was really cool to be able to kind of like, we even had that air of mystery, like we knew who we were wrestling, but we even kind of had that air of mystery there as well. Um, so it was really cool to, to be able to do a concept like that. Um, I think IWTV, especially like you said with pandemic wrestling is going to have to kind of find a new way to come up with these matches in an interesting way. Like you can't, you can't do uncharted territory. Like we're doing it beyond where it's just like, there's a weekly wrestling show with 200 people in a bar. Like we can't, we just can't do it. Like it's just not possible. So it's, it was a creative way to do it, but I also really did enjoy like having that mystery. And it felt like as it was coming out, like I had this like little secret. I was like, Oh, I can't wait for everyone to find out. But obviously couldn't say anything, but it was, it was fun. Now, did you find it hard to kind of mask your, the way you wrestled and how you couldn't make, cause you didn't want people to know it was you. So you had to kind of trick them and people know your style of wrestling, especially if they followed you for a while or the judges who have probably a couple of them have probably been in the ring with you. 
Yeah. Or at least when you wrestle a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. So was it hard to hide that part of it? Yeah, it was, it was pretty difficult. Like there were, um, like, obviously there's like signature moves that I do. So I knew immediately like, all right, first thing I got to cut those out. But then there was even like small tendencies that I had, like I didn't realize, um, like Anthony green or August gray now in WWE, (laughs) he texted me and he goes, there's this thing that you do where you sit up and you grab your feet after like, if someone kicks out of a move, you sit up and you grab your feet. And that's when I knew it was you. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I went back and watched my, like some other matches. I was like, Oh, I do that in every match. So (laughs) like just small things that he picked up on. That's how, you know, there there's like still students of the game out there to pick up on some small little, because like a fan's not going to pick up on that unless they're like really diving deep and they're better yeah. than us. But <laughs> yeah, like- there, there, I, actually, there was one, there was a thread that I saw of these fans going, I know there's like another part where I'm like on my knees and I like did this. And someone was like, I've seen someone do that before. And they were like going through trying to figure out what it was. And then someone found a picture of me from like a Nova Pro show and that company folded two years ago. So it's like way back. And it's just me sitting there doing the exact same pose. I was like, oh, man, like, how, <laughs> how did you that's find crazy. this? But, yeah. That's crazy that people, like, because I like to look for little nuances and, and mannerisms as well. But, like, mm-hmm. some people just have it, like, where they've seen, yeah. they'll see it once and they'll be like, I know who it is. And it, that's crazy. Like, I yeah. guess photographic memory. <laughs> I guess. But I, I thought it was really cool even that, like, we created this air of mystery enough that someone would take the time to do that. Like to be like, oh, I know where's this from? Where's this from? And then find it. So it was really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, it gets people hyped on a different level. It's like it's it puts that mystery. Like obviously, you're a masked wrestler. Like we're not supposed to know who you are. <laughs> but your match comes in the finals, and uh, you end up losing. That's why we know you are not challenging Warhorse for the <laughs> IWTV championship. Mm-hmm. But the way that you kind of went about your tournament was. A little underhanded, a little vicious, a little cerebral. Mm -hmm. Now, is that something you've been waiting to do and that's been something you wanted to do? Is that why you grew your beard out? (laughs) This is beard, Yuta. (laughs) Um, It's definitely why I didn't shave it. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, it is is something I kind of wanted to to try. Like, I've been happy-go-lucky Wheeler Yuta for for quite a long time. So it was nice to – one, it was a tactic just to throw people off. Like, I was like, all right, if I take this completely different approach, I don't think people will, as many people will think it's me. Um, so that was, that was one part of it. But another you part of it is like, I never at you, like you what? had people that were appalled. Like, yeah. The judges were appalled at you. Like there was people that like you drew that emotion, like, cause you were pure baby face Yuta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every that was the whole, that was the whole thing was I was like, all right, let me, let me shock some people. Let me show this side that I never really get to show. And then, but yeah, let me see if I can throw people off the trail. And I think it, I think it worked, but uh, I think probably more of that going forward, especially against old, old Tony Deppin, whenever that. Uh, I was going to say, what made you pick Deppin to hit in the balls? I mean, Chris, Chris, like the ref, he'd look the other way and I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> it was right there. It was right there. What could I do? Like the other match, like Lady Frost, Chris is off doing whatever. And I was like, oh, there's her mask. Boom, like so it was just right there it was right there for me but i mean not manipulating a, the system right <laughs> but it's all it's also fun to pick on tony because i knew that he would he i'd get a rise out of him at some point 
you do you see that something that could carry on to because you're both you're both working at ROH right now. Is that something you'd like to bring there as well? Yeah, I think it could happen at ROH. I think if it doesn't happen there, it'll definitely happen somewhere on the independents. Um, I would imagine that that match is going to happen. Um, I don't know if I was, if I was making matches for IWTV, I would say that's a pretty good number one contenders match, you know, depending on how Genkai does against Warhorse. But, um, ah, oh, Genkai, we still don't know. That's the, that's the greatness yeah. of whenever this happens, we get to mask someone else. Now does Genkai get to wrestle Warhorse in the mask? Yeah. Um, right. That's the purpose, right? So I think Genkai either, I think it's up to, up to them. I think they can, like they it, they won't be announced, but if they want to go out in the mask, they can go out in the mask. If they want to take it off, they can. But oh, we I hope we they wrestle with the, the I hope they wrestle like that. Yeah, that's, I mean that that's like the ultimate entry. Like you built so much. Like I can, I hope there's another season. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I hope they keep this running because yeah. it's an idea. Like because you're also introducing people that I, I didn't even really know of or I've only seen a couple of times. So mm-hmm. when you're doing this, like you're you're helping. The, the younger guys and girls get noticed like you're getting notoriety because the people that made it a little bit further already had a little bit more notoriety mm-hmm. like you yourself Depp and Lady Frost who's been on uh, AEW Dark a couple times I mean you have these people that are, are starting to elevate even more and now you get these people that like and you don't even know it like right. that's the cool thing about it yeah and I love that they picked people from like from different regions too you know like Obviously, like me and Deppin are from the Northeast, uh, like Trey Lamar and Josh Bishop are from the Midwest. Um, Lady Frost uh, is in like the D.C. area. So like they tried to get people from different areas as well. And I think that that kind of added to like, you know, you're not familiar with everyone in the tournament because you kind of follow your own your own area a little bit. So it was really yeah. cool to expose other people that way. Yeah. And you get to appreciate the person without knowing them. Like you're like, oh, cool. I like the way I like this style. I like how they wrestle, like how, how they perform in the ring without even getting to know them. And then once you see them, you're like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't even know this person. I like them. Yeah, absolutely. Blair? So, yeah, so... Quiet, uh, quiet man? What? <laughs> quiet man? <laughs> I just was listening. Um, <laughs> the one thing I did I did want to touch on was like, because we were saying about the, the mystery over... Um, being able to wrestle like that and how fraying it must be, like you said, to be able to try something completely different that no one knows you for and people not being able to pick that out. Now, did you ever at one point or another in your career, think about a, like a mask, like as being a gimmick and like maybe wearing one? Um, it was definitely something I thought like early in my career. Um, I definitely thought about because I was uh like one of my favorite wrestlers growing up was Rey Mysterio. So like, I always really enjoyed that. And then, you know, when I did uh, like training at Chikara, obviously like that's what they're known for. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, doing the, the Lucha Libre style was really cool to me. So I always had like a reverence for it, but I, I never really wanted to make it like, like my bread and butter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I was, when I was like 16, starting out on local independent shows, I would definitely throw a mask on and wrestle twice here and there. But, <laughs> but other than that, uh, yeah, it was it was never something I wanted to really go for long term, but it was really cool and really freeing to be able to do that, you know, just to to try it. And it it definitely made me feel like I was kind of living out a, a dream that I never did because I always had such a reverence for for guys in masks. Mm-hmm. 
Now you you had the face mask as an entrance gear, and then mm-hmm. once the pandemic hit, you got rid of it. You kind of went bass backwards on. No, I still got it. I still got it. <laughs> do you wear it out to the ROH shows? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Do you? I yeah. don't remember seeing you in the. Uh, you know what? The Pure Tournament. I don't know if you guys had the entrances. Did you? Uh, we did, but I usually take it off like right away now for the for the Pure stuff, especially like a lot of the guys kind of like try to strip down their. Uh, like entrance attire like dalton castle didn't come out with any of the peacock stuff so yeah. i definitely wore it out there but as soon as i got in the ring it's off and maybe play. that's why i didn't pick up on it i because I, the entrance is usually like part of your whole like gimmick or whatever you want to call it part of your whole yeah. persona is like your entrance so right kind of like the the dial down maybe that's why i didn't notice yeah but probably that is interesting and that was the the pure the pure style of wrestling is kind of just all grit and just all wrestling right and kind of dial back completely on the gimmick yeah it's it's been really cool like just to do those and like especially like roh we've done the uh like the pure rules matches so not even just like oh we're doing like technical wrestling it's like uh you have a limited amount of rope breaks you only have three um you're not allowed to punch to the face with a closed fist if you do once you get a warning uh the second one's a disqualification um, so like really trying to get down to just the wrestling, like there's, there's some guys like I hot sauce in some of his matches. I don't even think he hit the ropes. Like, uh, you don't have to take it that far. Like that's still legal, but like, uh, really trying to get down to, you know, what we do in the ring as opposed to flying around and dives and chairs and all that, which I, I think there's obviously a place for in wrestling, but it's, it's really nice to be able to have this alternative as well for people who, either see too much of that or just want to see something different. Uh, that's partially the reason that I started watching ROH again is because they went back to how they were like what mm-hmm. the mid early two thousands, like kind of that whole like gritty, like bust them in the mouth, like technical wrestling. Like when you saw Brian Danielson and, and uh, Nigel McGinnis and all them, like, Mm-hmm. Kind of like the kind of like Gresham's kind of ushering in that old style that that technical aspect of wrestling. He's trying to be like at the, he is at the forefront of it right now because he's the pure yeah. champion. So mm-hmm. I mean, I like that he kind of he's kind of pushing in that direction for I mean a good amount of TV time too. And I mean, if you look at the the pay per view, Gresham's doing double duty. Yeah, and then you got uh, your guys' matches of pure pure uh tag team match the first one ever so i mean you're you're getting more of that style mixed in which i don't think you get elsewhere really yeah i think it's that's like really what roh's bread and butter was for years and years and i think that's where it built such a loyal fan base and you know things took a different direction and there's there's nothing wrong with that but i think that it did unfortunately alienate a lot of the people that liked it for that specific reason so to watch it kind of come back has been really refreshing for me. And it was really awesome to, you know, get that call to be in the first ever pure rules tag match, which, you know, will be, uh, be at final battle this Friday. So it's uh, very exciting. Uh, but I, I do enjoy, you know, getting back to brass tacks kind of. It, it, I mean, it's almost like you can, you get more of the feeling, like you get more of the, like, cause there's more of a struggle in those matches. There's more of a, who can get the upper hand there. You're not just, you're not just who's, yeah, it matters who's quicker, but you're not using that quickness in the, the now aspect of trying to jump around and, and land on people and stuff like that. 
using your quickness to take down your opponent and stuff like that. It's more of a, a power struggle and you're able to, you're able to take it in better. I think like you're not, it's not moving too quickly. There's not too much happening. It's like, this is your center point and you're able to focus. Right. Yeah. I thought it's been cool because we, we actually kind of had a discussion um, with like me and some of my friends where I was talking about, you know, do you think that like, obviously they're for the, the hardcore wrestling fan. Like, I think that they kind of like a bit of everything, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you're in on wrestling, you're in on wrestling, but we were Mm -hmm. thinking like, Oh, do you think that like the casual fans, especially like even appreciate this. And it brought me back to um, one of the guys was like, yeah. So uh, my mom doesn't watch wrestling. My mom watched the pure tournament and went, Oh yeah, I I understand this. You know, I get it. Like I can see the struggle. Like I know what it is as opposed to like, what, why did that guy like grab that guy and like flip and land on his head? Like it's super impressive, like a Canadian destroyer, but like explaining that to a, like someone who doesn't know what wrestling is, it's very, very hard. So I think that's one aspect of it. And then of course the hardcore fans that really appreciate the craft, I think really like pure wrestling too. Yeah. I mean, all you gotta, you gotta look back on is like Kurt Angle. Like, I mean, yeah, he would do a moonsault, but he was in the ring. He was, trying to beat you with moves and suplexes and stuff like that. Like exactly. There's guys like that that you, you, and people would watch that and be impressed by it because mm-hmm. it's kind it's like uh, Greco Roman, but on steroids. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like for sure. And, it, and you're right. It is easier for someone to be like someone that's never been in the ring or anything like that. Like you have someone in a heel hook, you can imagine your heel being bent, on an angle to where it's going to hurt. Whereas I don't think I could flip into a fucking Canadian destroyer and land on my head. Like, I don't think that's even possible. I don't care who the other person is. Like, I I know I can't move like that. Right. But I know if someone wrenches my arm, like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like that's happened before. Like, I know my shoulder's going to hurt. I know my forearms are going to hurt. Like people are, it's easily relatable to, and it's, it's an easier watch and you can see the, the arc and then the peak, and then obviously the payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been it's been really great. And I think that, <coughs> excuse me, I think you know ROH, like again, they've been the alternative for years, and it's almost going into a direction where most wrestling, which used to be what this is, most wrestling is going a different direction. So for ROH to provide that alternative, I think has just been really refreshing. It's needed too because. Like you get to, you see a Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan match, and that'll be the only time you get to see it. And you'll be like, "Damn, I wish they would do that again." But if you tune over to ROH right now, you can get that weekly. Like you can get that style weekly. You don't get that like on. And I was just saying this. I was like, I wish ROH was on like a more accessible network, like a, a, mm-hmm. a TV channel, so I could actually tune in and remind myself and record it because I'm not part of the the technology era where I'm gonna like open up my tablet or go on my phone and like I'd rather be on my TV. I'm still old school like that. So right. yeah, that's, that's the only thing, you know, with the, the syndication, it's all on at different times, different channels. So once you find it, it's, it's not hard, but it is, it's just hard to find it kind of initially, I think for some people. Yeah. Well, and most people think... probably get it. I don't No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you said about the alternative, the one thing that I kind of wish that AEW would have done is a couple more guys with a style like you guys, like a, like a Gresham and bring them in because I don't think that show 
uh, out of all the styles of wrestling they do have, that's one thing they lack. And I think it, it, it shows, especially when you look at a show like ROH, like it, it's phenomenal. If they could add that, it's just another demo, that, since they love to talk about demos, that they could bring in to and lock people in, especially because WWE is not doing it very often. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I enjoy watching AEW. I enjoy watching Dynamite. But I do think that there is, you know, there's room for guys like me in, in that promotion, you know, just providing something a little bit different. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. to say that they don't already provide such a great show. But, you know, yeah. there's there's definitely room for, for something like that as well. And, you know, there's, yeah, even like in WWE, guys are few and far between. But, you know, every once in a while, you'll get that awesome, like you said, Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak match. Or you'll even get like the Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan match. And, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of harkens back to those days. So, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, there's a place everywhere for pure wrestling, in my opinion. Absolutely. And it's, it's like that, it's like you almost get to deflate and appreciate it more. Like you're just like, all right, well, my, my brain's so scattered. You're almost able to just be like, all right, I know what I'm in for now. I, I don't, I don't have to be like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Like it's, right. it's there. Like, you know, it's, you, you know, it's going to be good when it's that style of match. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you know the people, I mean, to bring it, I think people are just afraid because I think that the attention span for wrestling has just been so short. Mm people would actually sit down and watch it now like you're doing three things at once and it kind of becomes like background noise almost yeah so people would actually sit down and watch it like i feel like it's they think that it's gonna like oh well no one's gonna be able to concentrate because there's not a lot of action going on it's just guys putting each other in holds and i, I think that like the big companies see it as that and that's i think that's the problem is that they don't they won't stick with it because they don't think it's entertaining to the man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is always, you know, that, that struggle of like, all right, this guy's flipping through a channel and you see like someone diving off the top and it's like, Oh wow, that's super impressive. And like, maybe that'll get someone to stick around for a little bit. But yeah, I do think when there's so much going on, it can eventually just kind of, you're just like, all right, I, I can look away and like, I'll miss like two or three things, but they won't, it doesn't matter that much, you know, versus mm-hmm. like, all right, if I miss this figure four leg lock or whatever, it's it's a pretty important part of the match, you know. So, yeah. Or it used to be like a great part of the match, like when like the submissions have really dwindled, and the way that people would set up submissions, and I think I think this heart is goes back to pure wrestling when you when you're in there with someone and you see their weakness or they have a body part that you've been focusing on and like that the way that they just keep hammering on and just limb target like that is like a lost art in wrestling these days yeah i mean i I think i think yeah there's definitely places where it just completely gets lost you know but you can you can find it and it's an roh but (laughs) but yeah there's uh not to make it a shameless promo but yeah i mean there's definitely uh i think there's definitely times where that just gets completely lost and it's such a fundamental thing in wrestling so it really is because if you see someone and they land on their shoulder they land on their arm like that it's supposed to hurt and like if someone's attacking that now like that is supposed to hurt and that's and then you're gonna hit them with like something that doesn't even make sense like a a spinning heel kick to the head like come on like or a super (laughs) kick or something like that like that had nothing to do with like what you've been doing the whole time like it just doesn't, it, there's parts of it that just don't make sense anymore. And I, I've, 
I found myself going back to watching more technical style wrestling because it's all seems to be going into like the same aspect. Like everything's like high spots, super kicks got to be fast paced and it's fun. But once you get so much of it, you're like, all right, well, it's all becomes the same. And then you go back to what I liked before. It's just, but it's harder to find now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that there's always like trends in wrestling. Like if it's the, the high pace style at one point, some, some places it, it was like, you know, the nineties was like super over the top gimmicks, you know, there's all kinds of, all kinds of different trends, but it always at the end comes back to, you know, pure wrestling. It always comes back to just actual technical wrestling is to me at least is where it all kind of circles back around to like you, you go through these phases of like, all right, so we all got to be like over the top badasses because stone cold was super popular. Right. And then like you said, like, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar put on an hour long match. And then it's like, Oh wow. Like that's what hooks me again. You know, it always, to me, it always circles back to technical wrestling. Maybe that's just cause that's the stuff that I like, but I, I think that wrestling always, it'll go out in one direction and then it'll always come back to, uh, to the center of what it is. I feel like the big, the biggest spokesman, the spokesman for that now are like the, the FTR or formerly known as the revival. I think like they're, they're like the, the torchbearer of the technical old school wrestling. Like, I feel like they're at the forefront of that. Like they're, they're the ones that preach it the most and like go back to how it used to be type thing and how it shouldn't, how rules, there were rules and how the rules have gotten so skewed that they're trying to bring it back to that. I like that. I like that they do that. I like that's part of their, I don't think it's a gimmick, but I just think it's part of who they are. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if more people were to latch onto that, I feel like, pure wrestling would would elevate yeah and i mean i'm i'm never gonna tell anyone else kind of how to do their thing because you know obviously i prefer i agree with you like i prefer that for myself but i think it just kind of makes it stand out more when there's you know then there's a product where like roh where it's like no we're gonna follow the rules we're gonna make sure that they're a focal point and then i think that always stands out more uh like when you have when you follow the rules even like in the sense of just having a, a wrestling match. If you consider like, you know, the tools you have to play with, you have, you can play with the rules in there, you know, like there's a moment in my pure tournament match against Gresham where we're in the ropes. Uh, he's not breaking the hold. Cause he said his legs were stuck. I don't believe him. Um, so I got up and I punched him in the face. Then I got in trouble. I got warned that raised the tension. And then when we run at each other with legal open hands, then you know it makes it more important, more exciting at that point. As I remember, I remember that part. I was like, "Damn, I can't believe you, fucking you did that." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I still stand by it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so like, I love having those rules. It's the same as think of like just a like a ladder match. Like, what's what's exciting? Like falling, 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 or like when the guy gets really close and he almost gets to it, and then everyone's like, "Oh, he's gonna win," because you're playing with the rule of the match. So. That's always to how very I good point. That's a very good analogy too. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put pure and ladder matches together. But <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just you know, for me at least, it's always this, and this is a Drew thing, just beaten into my head. It's what's the point of the match? Like, what is the point? Is it a battle royal? Then try to throw people over the top. Is it a ladder match? Then try to climb the ladder. If it's a tables match, try to set up tables, but don't do anything else because there's no point. So. 
I mean, I guess that's why I like Gulak because that makes sense. Like yes. that, yeah. it's, there's, there's a point to everything that you should be doing. There right. should be a purpose. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, it's just it's fun to talk about it. And it's it's also aggravating at the same time because you're like, man, like he gets it. Like, why can't other people get it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like why is this catching on, David? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Well, how many people we need to get to listen to this damn podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, Wheeler, you're wearing a hat right now. I just wanted yes. to kind of take it off the rails <laughs> for a second. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should take this hat off too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they won yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do want to get a non-wrestling question. What do you think about Jalen Hurts and uh, all the everyone's saying about replacing Wentz for good? Do you think that's the case, or you think uh, just for now? Um. Gosh, that's so tough. Um, I think like Hertz has been very impressive um, in his performances so far. I don't know how you can just kind of throw out Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, he's had a pretty terrible season, but that happens, I guess. You know, in my in my opinion, there there are quarterbacks that have had terrible seasons and bounced back. And I don't. To me, it seems like a confidence thing. Like it's not a skill thing, but. I don't know, cause like I think you bunch. I I would bench him for the rest of the season, um, yeah. like for sure. But I don't I don't know because I feel like he just needs like a good vacation. You know, get out, forget about it. You know, forget <laughs> about everything that happened, refocus and come back. Um, I'm sure it doesn't help him that every day he's got to drive past a statue of Nick Foles. Uh, that's probably not <laughs> like you know helping him out at all. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just a confidence thing, and I would love to see him get it back. I mean, but I guess, I guess the time is ticking. If I if I had to, you know, gun to my head, I would say, hurts the rest of this season. Carson, one more shot next year, but it's a lot of money to to be risking on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that. I mean, it's a it's a tough city to play in, especially his background and where he came from, like North Dakota. Like, come on now, like. Right. This is Philadelphia. <laughs> this is this is the most rabid fan base in all of sports. Exactly. One of, if not the most. I mean, in all of sports, even in wrestling. I mean, look at ECW back in the day. Yeah. We are the most yeah. rabid fan base. It's tough to play here, and when you're not performing, everybody in the city will let you know, and you can't just close that off. So I don't know if he's in his own head at this point, or he's just he's just so far he's overthinking it. It's just it looks like he's just. Deer in headlights out there. He he forgot how to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, but the, but like even if he does, you know, like get it back next year and he has a good season. If let's say they have like a winning season, just a winning season, they win the division and then they go to the playoffs and they lose in like the second round. A few years ago, that would have been like awesome, great. <laughs> but now there's the the taste of the Super Bowl. And now if that happens, I think that we all are still like, Hey man, like, come on. Like what's the holdup? We have all the, we had all the pieces a few years ago. You know, I don't we, don't, know. we don't have all the pieces right now. We're playing with a, a glorified XFL team. Yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're, they, they're just depleted. If he could get, if he could get some receivers around them and if they can get some secondary, mm-hmm. then I mean, they got the bulk of the pieces. They just need to – I mean, coaching the quarterback got to be on the same page, always. 
And if the coach don't really believe in them, then that's kind of a fuck. You got to, which way are you going to go? You got to either let the coach go or you got to let the quarterback go. Right. You can't keep them both. Yeah. Can you imagine this discussion a few years ago? No. No, not even. (laughs) We were riding high for at least a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you guys have any opinions on the Phillies free agency and how it's going? And how it's about I don't know if you can see this shirt. That's my that's my that's my pastime. I love baseball. I love Phillies baseball. It's killing me. What the? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just they made a couple good moves, but now the the guy comes out and slips and says we lost our shortstop and our catcher. But right. the Mets signed the second best catcher. So you're now like, how did you lose them? You were you were gonna lose them to the Mets, but now the Mets signed someone. So now you have a shot. Like what the what happened? Like how is like, how did you lose them? I don't know if they meant they lost them in free agency. So what we were talking about was we lost our catcher and our shortstop. The, I think it was, what are they, the vice president came out today and it slipped. Yeah. And we, we shouldn't have lost them. Like we don't know if we lost them to free agency or we lost them to another team. We don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, they, they straight up said that they didn't want to pay Real Muto or they couldn't afford to pay Real Muto. Like, the owner said that when he was like, oh, we lost so much money. Like, yeah, two, $2 billion we, they lost this year. Which so was not can... accurate either. It was like, it was like 1.5. I mean, it's still a lot of money. But <laughs> <laughs> it's still way more money than I'll ever have. But it was like 75% of what he said. So, yeah. like, he was exaggerating and I don't know. The guy's a multi-billionaire. It was a freaking pandemic year. What did they expect? The team was garbage. The team, yeah. I mean, and, and now he's talking about chucking up one of his, his if not his best pitcher, because they're talking about not being able to re-sign Wheeler, too. Oh, yeah, they said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. They, got, they have to. Yeah. What, what are they going to do? Blow, they still, they're sitting on the biggest contract in baseball right now. Yeah. With Harper. Are Harper. they going to try to rebuild with that happening? <laughs> like, what are they? What do you do? They can't. They can't. They got to win now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only that, but they don't have a form system either. Their form, their form team is garbage. I mean, they got real all their prospects. So yeah, they don't really have anybody. Like, they need a lot of work, but uh, I don't know if they know how to fix it. It's upsetting. I, I don't know. Now we're all sad. We were talking about I know. wrestling, and now we're all bummed <laughs> out. <laughs> Maybe right. going to Philly sports wasn't the best redirect now that I think about <laughs> no, it. No, it was yeah. a terrible direction. Do you know what Philly sports did this year? Jesus. All right. We'll spin it. We'll end it on a high note then, and we'll bring it back to wrestling. <laughs> and you can tell us about uh, anything you got coming up, or you can promote uh, ROH Final Battle or anything that – Friday night. Like Mm-hmm. Anything you got going on in the independence or anything you know of that might be happening in the future? Just something exciting. Excite us. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, I think for me, the biggest thing coming up is definitely going to be final battle. Uh, so it's going to be myself and Fred Yehi against Rhett Titus and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, one of my former trainers. Um, also lived in Philly for a little bit, even though he's a Brooklyn guy. Um but yeah, it's going to be the, yeah, boo, boo. Uh, but yeah, so he is a, uh, but it's going to be the first ever pure rules tag team match. Um, so it's going to be actually 
it's on final battle, but the first hour of final battle is going to be free. So you can find that on fight. Uh, you can find that on YouTube as well. You can find it through honor club, which is ROH's uh, streaming service. Uh, it's got all the archives. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be the biggest thing I got coming up. And then hopefully we'll have some more independent dates I can announce, uh, but not until 2021. Damn pandemic. Damn pandemic. <laughs> is, it least, is it at least looking hopeful for 2021? Do, could you see like uh, light at the end of the tunnel? I, I do because for me, my, my opinion of it is, you know, people are getting vaccinated, herd immunity's starting. So once, once we're able to sort of have crowds again, which looks like it will happen sometime in 2021, I think we're, let's say we get it by the summer. We're going to have the craziest summer of our lives because it's going to be awesome. You know, crowds like shows are going to be packed. People are going to just be itching to get out there, you know, watch, watch live wrestling. I think it's going to be some of the most fun shows you'll have. So that's what keeps me going independence for, for 2021 is thinking about like, like how awesome those shows are going to be. Like our first entrance with a like full packed crowd again, is going to be insane. You know, like I, I cannot wait. There, there is going to be there is no excuse to have any lull by the fans in any of those shows. Like they, the energy should be just constant throughout the whole Absolutely. thing. Yeah, and I think it will be. I think, I think so. like because that's what, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to being at a, in a at a show with a crowd and like that energy that you feel because if someone's hype, it's infectious. Absolutely, yeah, and I think I think it's going to be that more than ever in 2021. So I cannot wait for that. All right, see, we right. did it. We, we uplifted. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to end the show. I like it. So, uh, Wheeler, thank you so much for coming on again and being a guest again. And um, we uh, hopefully we can talk to you again in the near future. Awesome. Yeah, we yeah. A, a third one. Third yeah. one. Number three. three yeah. We'll do it. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you, guys.